You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. God Speaks to Me is the title of this devotion. What a good thing when you know that you know you've heard the voice of your Savior God. Oh, Jesus said in John chapter 10, My sheep hear my voice. Oh, thank you, Lord, when you know that you have His Word alive in you and that you have the hearing of God as I shared with you yesterday. Romans 10, 17 says, Hearing comes by the Word of God. You see, when the Word is alive inside of your heart by the Spirit of Christ, you have the hearing. You have it. That's why you can sit in a meeting where the minister is ministering by the power of the Holy Spirit, the living Word, the written Word, the life, the Logos made alive by the Spirit called the Rhema. The Rhema means it's life. And you hear it and you leave the meeting and somebody says, how was it? You say, oh, it was phenomenal, phenomenal. Oh, well, what do you say? Oh, I don't know, but it was phenomenal. What do you mean? Are you mentally not so thoughtful? No. You receive more than information, knowledge. You receive life. Jesus said in John 6, 63, my words are spirit and life. You heard the life. You received the life. It comes straight into your spirit. And so listen to this. Hebrews chapter 1 shows us that God has spoken in two ways. In two ways and no more and no less. In two ways God has spoken. Look at it right here in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sin, set down at right hand of the majesty on high. So, you say, it says here various ways, no? Two ways. He has spoken through the prophets, through men, by the agency of angels and and the Spirit in the Old Testament, but he spoke to us by angels in the Old Testament. To Moses, we can read about all this in the Scripture. So that's how he spoke first. Angels were able to relay the message, right? They could bring the message, and the message was as powerful then as it is now. However, what the angels could not do is come and indwell the hearer and cause that word that they came to bring to come into manifestation within the hearer. They could only bring the words. They could just hand over the words, relay the message, but they couldn't indwell the hearer to make that word come to pass. Jesus, however, altogether different than the angels. He himself 
is the Word. He Himself comes to indwell us by His Spirit to not only be the Word, but bring it into flourishing within us and through our lives. Therefore, it shows us what that is like, what I'm saying to you right now. And you see the difference between in the Old Testament, they're hearing by the agency of, of, uh, of angels, and yes, by the Holy Spirit bringing the Scripture to them. But at that time, the Holy Spirit could not indwell the person to bring it to pass. He could be with the person, but Jesus, altogether different, comes to live inside of us. And here in John chapter 1, verse 14, we can see what this looks like. It says, the Word became flesh. In other words, we saw the Word in human flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld His, the Word, His glory with the Father the glory of the only begotten of the Father. The word begotten means come forth from the Father. Yes, full of grace and full of truth. Or as it would say here in verse 18, no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared Him. He has brought Him out where He can be made, where He became visible in human flesh, the body that God prepared for Jesus the body that is the seed of Abraham, the seed of the woman and so forth that the Bible talks about. <laughs> and so here we see the difference between the dispensation of the old covenant and the dispensation of the new covenant. Within the new covenant, God speaks directly <laughs> into our spirit. And we can say, yes, God speaks to me. And somebody would say to you, <laughs> Okay, what did he sound like? How loud was it? What language did he use, right? What accents did he have? So in other words, people are naturally trying to reason what is only spiritually perceptive. You see, it says in 1 Corinthians, if I could just look that up quickly, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, as it is written, verse 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. For we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words of man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaching, comparing spiritual things with the spiritual. But the natural man, listen to me, verse 14, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. We have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of our Lord Jesus, but we, we, but who, uh, who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the Spirit of Jesus Christ, a living Word living in us so that we can 
hear God speak. You're reading the Bible, God spoke. You're listening to minister speaking and God spoke. I've had the privilege many times in my 43 years of preaching that the Holy Spirit specifically gave somebody a specific word. (laughs) And they heard God. The Apostle Paul also explains this. He says in Thessalonians, let me go ahead and read it to you so that you know that I'm not just talking whatever. He says in verse 13 of chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as a word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God. So Paul says, when I was preaching to you, God was speaking to you, right? That's what he's saying. But as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. (laughs) You see, when we're speaking by the Holy Spirit, you heard God speaking to you. God spoke to you. Oh, friends, I have had the privilege for God to speak through me to people. I've had the privilege to hear God speak to me so clearly, so many different times, directing my spirit. If you say to me, Robert, what language did he use? What sound was his voice. I could not tell you any of those things because it did not come that way. God is spirit and he spoke straight into my spirit. So by my spirit, I understood him. My reasoning has completely become English. I seldom reason in Dutch because I've lived for 36 years here in Britain. So I usually reason in English now. In my dreaming, in my sleeping, in my praying, in my meditating, it's all in English. However, I can still speak Dutch. Ik kan in Nederlands met u spreken. Natuurlijk kan ik dat. I can still speak in Dutch with you. Of course I can. But because I live here, I reason in English. God can speak any and every language. This is what I love about the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descended and came upon the disciples and into them bringing the new life and the church was born and made alive with Christ. The life that he has in heaven was now born into them here on earth and they became alive with him. They started to speak by the Holy Spirit about the wonderful works of God in all the different languages of those who were present at that day in Jerusalem for the Feast of, of Passover that, or the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, no, P- P- Pentecost, <laughs> that they were celebrating, the Feast of Pentecost. And that is 50 days after Passover, you have the Feast of Pentecost. The, uh, the word Pentecost means harvest or the fullness, the increase of the harvest, that is seven Sabbaths after Passover, and that next day is the 50th day, because the word Pentecost means 50. (laughs) And that symbolizes that the price that was paid on the day of uh, of Passover, of the body of Jesus Christ, now came into the harvest of what it was sown for. And Jesus sowed his life so that he could reap it into our lives. He says, the seed, when it remains by itself, will not produce a harvest. But when it's sown and dies, it produces manifold harvest. And anyway, this is the joy, my friends, that you can hear God. And this is what I so want to press upon your heart. 
that you do hear God. I've had so many precious souls say to me, Pastor, I've never heard God speak to me. However, they'll sit in the service and they're on fire inside. Like it says in Luke 24, did not our hearts burn within us when he opened the scriptures? They're on fire inside with the word of God. And they say, oh God, that was so powerful, so anointed, so glorious. That is the hearing. You see, you do hear. 1 Thessalonians 2, when we spoke to you, the word of God, you heard us speaking, not as mere man speaks, but the word you heard, which effectively works in all of you who believe. And here, I want you to see this in Hebrews chapter 8. What is the new covenant blessing, friends? Hebrews 8, starting at verse 10. Chapter 8. Okay. Listen, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, Jeremiah is prophesying, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their heart. You see, this is what the Holy Spirit's doing right now. He's writing the word of God in your heart and in your mind. I will be their God. They shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. And it says in chapter 10, look at this. He says, by one offering, verse 14, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified, the Holy Spirit also bearing witness with us when he said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their heart and in their minds I will write them and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, pastor, You know, I hear about repenting. I hear about asking for forgiveness, confessing your sins, God being faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. So what does it look like for me to be forgiven and cleansed? Is that just merely that which I repented from? I don't have that anymore. I don't do that anymore. Don't think that anymore. I'm not conscious of that anymore. Is that all it means? No, that is a big part of it. But what, it, what is what God really wants is you not just to come out of the consciousness of sin, but into the consciousness of God by His living word in your heart and mind. Where before your conscience was marred by the nature of sin and could not perfectly recognize, perceive, and acknowledge God because those feelings and thoughts of that sin were interfering. The picture wasn't clear. Now that that picture, now that your heart's been cleansed by the blood of Jesus and is white as snow, now you perceive and recognize God through His living Word in you. Now you hear His voice. Now you hear Him clearly. You see, that's what he wanted to bring you into. He brings you out of the nature of sin that separates into the nature of his perfect righteousness, peace and joy by the Holy Spirit. So you hear his voice. So you hear God. You perceive him. You recognize him. And see, as as you come into this reality, look at chapter 4 of Hebrews. 
as you come into the reality of the forgiveness of sins, into the hearing of God's Word in your heart, God starts searching your heart and removing any nature of sin that still tries to interfere with you being able to perceive, recognize, or acknowledge Him in all that you are, say, and do, and you being able to connect with Him, know His will, know His heart, know His ways. Anything that interferes, He searches and searches until there's nothing constraining, restraining Him communicating with your spirit. There's nothing hindering you being able to connect with Him. He removes anything that stands in between you and Him. He completely makes the way perfect inside of you for you to draw near boldly into the consciousness of Him and for Him to draw near into the consciousness of you and for you to live in perfect communion with the loving Heavenly Father 24-7. Truly, study Hebrews 10 and you'll see what I'm saying to you. And so look at what it says here. Hebrews 4 verse 12. The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, in closing of this devotion, you do hear God. I hear God speaking. It's the name. God speaks to me. It's the title of this devotion. I want you to know you hear God, that God speaks to you. I want you to know that. And as you, your hearing becomes clearer and more active and alive through the Word in your heart and mind consistently, constantly, I plead with you, invite the Lord to search the deepest parts of your nature and inclination and motivation. Invite the Lord like David did in Psalm 19, where he says, Lord, if there's any way in, my, in me that's contrary to you, search me and know my ways and lead me in the way of everlasting. Read it, Psalm 19, the last two verses. That you allow God to search the deepest parts of your nature. Because if the Word is allowed to live in the depths of our nature and character, when we stand in His presence, there'll be no judgment against us. Because our inner man will bear witness of the living truth, of the living Word, of the living life, Come on, I, I want every part of me to bear witness of His Word and life, that everything that's written, my inward man says yea and amen to it. The Bible says all the promises of God written in the heart and, and mind are yea and amen to God. Where there's nothing that says, oh me, oh my, I know I could have, should have, wish I would have. No, everything in, my, in me says amen, Father. Amen. It is so, Father. It is so. Your word bears witness with my spirit, with my soul, with my body. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Everything inside of me bears witness with you. <laughs> Friends, I, I'll talk to you about this a bit later, but uh, perhaps this week. But I have seen God speak to people so clear, and I knew they heard him, and they bore witness that it was God who spoke to him. And later they 
turned away from that word. While they may turn away from it, it will never ever turn away from them. You may be unfaithful, but God cannot be unfaithful. That's not possible. He is faithful and true. He's from everlasting, the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no changing in God. So that word stays alive and active. And when you come before the throne, that word will bear witness with your spirit. And then you cannot deny it. You cannot say, well, I, I forgot about it. Uh, no, you, you know it. And I've met people that had turned away from the word of the living God and it came to their heart and it convicted them. And I praise the Lord that they got convicted because it's better to be convicted now than to stand before the throne and be ashamed. Listen to this. This is John chapter 12, where Jesus is saying in verse 47, if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me does not receive my, uh, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me the commandment what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. <laughs> he says... I did not come to judge the world, he says, but that which I have spoken will judge you in the last day. In other words, when we stand before the Lord, that word that was spoken to us is alive and active. And then what do we say? Do we say, yes, Lord, amen. This word is living and active in me. This is the life that I live. The word of your life, your living word in me is the life I live. Or do we say, wow, Lord, I turned away from it. I refused it. I rejected it. I, I did not bow to it. I did not submit myself to it. Do you see? So let me close with this thought, friends. Because <laughs> you may listen to me right now and you go, oh, my goodness, Lord, I'm in trouble because there's things I know you spoke and they keep pushing on my heart but I've kept my heart close to it. I'm just not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I know what I'm talking about. I've had my own tears and tears of repentance and Lord, I, I'm just not doing it, Lord. And I don't want to be a hearer only, but I want to be doer of the Lord. Jesus showed us the difference between those that are hearers only and those that are doers. He talks in the parable of the sower to those who hear the word but don't put action, corresponding action to it. Then they are like those who build their house on the sand that when the waves of life come, their house falls apart because the word's not alive in them. And then there are those that put that word in action and grow roots into, into it by corresponding action. And as the storms of life come, they are able to endure through faith in the word. You read it in the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 8. So here, my friends, listen. When he says, all of us are going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account what we did with the word that he brought through our hearts. So, seeing then, this is Hebrews 4 verse 14. 
that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What help do you need to do what God says? What help do you need? Oh, dear friends, if it wasn't for the help of the Lord, I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for His help, I couldn't sit here before you. If it wasn't for His help, I would have been destroyed by my disobedience, by my lack of, uh, of willingness and, and, and alertness and soberness. My lazy spiritual laziness, my spiritual indifference would have destroyed me by now. Yes, I am flesh like you, like any of us. But it's just the mercy of my Savior that not only works the Word in my heart and forms it and shapes it by His Holy Spirit in my heart and in my mind so that with my heart, I want what He wants. And with my mind, I know what He wants. But He also gives me that sweet spirit of surrender, that meekness and gentleness by which he was found perfect in obedience of doing those things written of him, not only in the action of obedience, but in the nature of the Father. And Jesus will work in you not only the willingness, but also the ability of Philippians 2.13 to do what God has spoken. And what a joy his word alive in your heart and mind, Psalm 40, verse 7 and 8. His word alive in your heart and mind, and the power of Jesus Christ to do, to do it. And you're doing it, and you feel the life, the power of the Son of Christ, Son of God, the Christ, the living anointing of God, flowing through your whole flesh and being. And you are alive unto God by His word in you. Oh, my God. Goodness, what glory, what grace, what power. Amen. Have a good day.